Happy Thanksgiving. It is good to be with you. I'm Pastor Mike Toomey. I'm one of the pastors here at Hope Lutheran Church. I'm going to welcome again all of you, extending Andrea's welcome to you that you had early on in the service here, and especially those who are worshiping with us online. Thank you so much for your presence as we gather together to give God thanks and praise. Before I go too much further, let's stop and let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Thank you for this evening, this opportunity to come and to worship and praise you and your son Jesus for what he has done for us through his death and his resurrection. Heavenly Father, as we come before you together, would you empower us with your Holy Spirit to be hearers and practitioners of your word. All this we pray in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit and all of God's people said. This fall, I was... Working with my two youngest kids, my two boys, they have this thing called Trail Life. And at Trail Life, they need to sell pizzas and coffee to all the people in the neighborhood to make sure that they got enough money and cash to go camping. And, and we're going through the script. And what's the most important thing in that script? Thank you. You work with a 10 and an 8-year-old on that. You're like, don't forget to say thank you. And they're, they're, they're there and they're good with it. But, but you want to make it that, that bold thank you that they would just say to the, to the people when they, they buy really expensive pizza. Thank you. It's, it's just that important. I was reading through an article on, on, from Psychology Today. It's a few years old. It's from 2015. But they did an excellent job with pointing out seven benefits of gratitude. Seven benefits of practicing gratitude. The first is this, that it opens up the door to more relationships. Just saying thank you opens up the door to more relationships in your life. I mean, think about that. As you're walking through the hallway and you open up the door for somebody and, and, and they say thank you. It, it, it's, a, it's a gateway into just having a, a delightful conversation with people. Practicing gratitude helps us in our relationships with each other. The second one was really a surprise to me, but practicing gratitude improves your physical health. What? Practicing gratitude improves your physical health? Sure enough, study after study has been proving this point, that when you practice gratitude, again, it doesn't have to come naturally, but when you do this, it will improve your physical well-being. Third thing is this, it will improve your psychological health. Think about that. When you are struggling in life, as many of us do with things like depression or, or, or any other thing that's going on in our life, maybe it's anxiety or whatever it might be, practicing gratitude will actually improve your psychological health. Fourth, practicing gratitude will enhance your capacity for empathy, and it will reduce aggression. They find that people who don't practice gratitude often end up being people who are quite vengeful in their life. But people who do practice gratitude are, well, they're much less aggressive, and they have the capacity to put themselves in the shoes of other people and be empathetic to them. Amazing. Practicing gratitude. 
Practicing gratitude will also help you sleep better. Now, I'm not promising that if you say your prayers every night and give thanks that you're going to have to put away your CPAP. But the studies are this, that the people who practice gratitude get better sleep. Amazing. The sixth thing is this, that practicing gratitude will help you in your self-esteem. One of the things that often happens with many of us as we go through life, we, we see other people out there who are succeeding in life. And the and, well, problem that ends up happening when we're not practicing gratitude is we become jealous. We, we begin to look and, and want their stuff, and we begin to get very resentful and all of those sorts of things. But when you practice gratitude, those ideas of jealousy go away and it actually uplifts your self-esteem. And the seventh thing that the study pointed out and where it helps us when we practice gratitude in our daily life is this, is that it helps us in our mental strength. A little different than, than, than psychological help, but it helps us in our mental strength. If you have ever been a victim of some sort of violence, practicing gratitude will actually help you recover up here in your head. Practicing gratitude, it appears, is an incredibly important thing for all of us to do when it comes to our health. And for those of you that practice gratitude and do this well, I applaud you. And for those of you that can grow in this, I encourage you to grow in practicing your gratitude. But I want to say this. I think practicing gratitude goes much deeper than just these daily things, more so than just the the nuts and bolts of daily living. I think it has to do with something that we call the soul. 1621, in the year 1621, the pilgrims began to, they made a decision that they would have a harvest feast where they would practice gratitude, where they would give God thanks and praise for all the good things that had happened throughout the course of the year. What you might not know from that very first Thanksgiving was this. The year previous was terrible. It was difficult. It was a time when many people had passed away. And yet what they decided to do was not focus on the ills of life, but practice gratitude to the maker and God who would help them through the year. A couple hundred years later, 1863, the United States was going through the Civil War bloodied, terrible. People were dying, not only in the military, but the civilians as well, from disease and all the things that come along with war. President Lincoln in that year declared that the nation should set aside a Thursday in November. At that time, it was always the last Thursday in November. 
That changed a little later. But he said we as a nation need to take pause and we need to give thanks for what is good, for, for the harvest. We need to pause and we need to give thanks for the goodness in, that is still happening in life. We need to give God thanks and praise for all of the good and blessings that come and doing this in the middle of war and also taking time for repentance of all the things that we have done to neglect the goodness that happens in life. It's very clear, both the pilgrims and for Abraham Lincoln, this idea of giving God thanks and praise in the midst of difficulty came from a place of profound faith. Indeed, our faith tells us that we should give thanks and praise. The historic liturgies of the church, they cry out these words when the church celebrates the great thanksgiving, holy communion. Indeed, it is right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, O God, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. Strong echoes of the very word of God. Word that we heard on this day as Randy read these words to you and to me. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. You're part of all the earth. Shout for joy. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs and know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his for nothing else. You have a God who made you fearfully and wonderfully made you. In his image, he made you. For the very breath in your lungs, and the goodness that you have received in this world, give him thanks and praise. And we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Oh man, that's beginning to go real deep. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love, it endures forever. His faithfulness continues throughout all generations mm. give God thanks and praise that's what the psalmist wants you to know and to do he wants you to do it because you have a good God you have a God who is near to you. You have a God who is not far away from you. You don't have a God that wound up the world much like a pocket watch and set it to run and then forgot about it. You do not have a God who spun the world like a top, like a child would spin a top and then just forgets about it and lets entropy take its place and until it runs out of energy and falls on its side. No, you have a God who is near to you, who is concerned about you who is attentive to your needs, providing for you at every moment in life. We give thanks to God because we have a God who wants a relationship with us. That's what it said right there in the psalm. We are sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture. This is about a relationship. You see, thanksgiving from a Christ-centered point of view so isn't so much about the rules and regulations of giving thanks. It's not about being perfect and making sure you got all 30 days of gratitude completed on Facebook. 
It's about having a relationship with God through your Savior, Jesus. That's the point of the gospel lesson. That thanksgiving is about a relationship, a life-giving relationship that we have, that you have with Jesus. Let's hear that story again. Now on his way, on Jesus' way to Jerusalem, if you've read the story before, you, you know that Jerusalem is, is the cross. And this story is pointing us not only to a healing of people with leprosy, but it's pointing us to the healing that happens on the cross. It starts off right then and there. Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. Some of you know this, and for those of you who don't yet know it, you'll learn it here shortly. Galilee was a place where Jewish people lived. Samaria was a place where the Samaritans lived. And these folks, they didn't get along with one another, and they didn't want to interact with one another. But Jesus is walking along that border. See, Jesus came not only for one nation, but for all nations. He came not just for one people, but he came for all people. He came for you. And as Jesus was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. I love how Luke puts it here. He didn't say ten lepers. He brings out the humanity of each and every person who suffers from disease or needs healing. I think he's pointing us to Jesus' eyes where no matter how hurt and how beat up you are, Jesus does not see you as the disease or see you as sin, but Jesus sees you as a human being in need of healing. And they stood at a good distance. You see, leprosy in this day, it was seen as a a communal disease. It was seen as something that was highly contagious, and indeed it can be. And if you had leprosy, you were thrown out into the leper colony. You were thrown out of the village. And your task for the rest of your painful existence was to basically beg for mercy and to beg for alms, to beg that somebody might give to you. You couldn't get close to them. So here they follow the rules and they, they beg and, and they beg Jesus to have pity upon them. So most of us, as we read this, we think that they've heard the rumors. The rumors that were true that Jesus was a healer. And maybe, just maybe, he might have mercy upon them and bring them healing. When Jesus saw them, If you're going through something difficult in your life, I want you to know this. Jesus saw these people who had leprosy, and I also want you to know this, that Jesus sees you. And when he saw them, he said, go and show yourselves to the priests. You see, if somebody was miraculously healed, or maybe the disease followed its course and they were no longer contagious or leprous or the disease wasn't occurring, you could go to a priest and they could declare you clean. And so Jesus says, I want you to go. I want you to go and show yourself to those priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. The miracle. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, 
Can you imagine that? You've been declared to have leprosy. You've been castigated to the outskirts of community life forever. And here in this moment, he sees that he is healed. What emotions came over him? I can only imagine. Luke tells us a little bit, and he tells us much about what he did about it. One of them, when he saw that he is healed, he came back. Forget showing myself to the priests. He came back praising God in a loud voice. Everybody could hear this. He came back to Jesus praising God in a loud voice and he threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him and he was a Samaritan. This Samaritan who was healed He didn't get caught up in the rules and the regulations, but he knew that Jesus was his healer. And he knew that this divine healing must have come from Jesus when Jesus had spoken to him. Indeed, Jesus was not only his master, but he was his savior. He was his Lord. He came back. And then Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then Jesus said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is a story not only of one healing for this man, the Samaritan who had leprosy, but it's a story of two healings for him. One was in body. His skin was cleansed. The disease left him. But Jesus declares him clean a second time. When we put our faith and our trust in Jesus, we receive a healing that goes far beyond the body and goes to the very depths of our souls. Where we receive not only health in the flesh, but more than that. We receive what Jesus gives to us on the cross. A cleansing from sin. Being brought back into a relationship with this God who fearfully and wonderfully made each and every one of you. Where we get brought back into a place where we have been gifted everlasting life. As Jesus spoke this word to the Samaritan, I want you to hear these words for you today. Your faith has made you well. It heals you in soul. It gives you forgiveness. It gives you life, salvation, righteousness, and an eternity with the God who loves you. Amen. Would you pray with me? God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you and praise you for what your Son Jesus Christ has done for each and every one of us on this cross 
and what you did for him by raising him from the dead, opening the graves of all who believe in him. Heavenly Father, as we celebrate Thanksgiving, we first and foremost thank you and praise you for what you have done in Christ. And thank you for what you continue to do in us and through us. All this we pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of God's people said, Amen.